The tide has turned. B2B buyers and sellers' interactions have changed. Welcome to The Markitect, a new podcast series for B2B product marketing executives. I'm Lindsay Chupkema, CEO and co-founder at Casted, the first amplified marketing platform for B2B marketers and a proud partner of the product marketing community. We are very excited to be bringing you this special series that focuses on amplifying the expert perspectives, insights, and opinions of this brilliant community. Each episode will feature in-depth advice from executives who will tell you how they built impactful teams, optimized go-to-market efforts, and enabled customer-facing teams. The Markitect is an easily digestible way to learn from your peers as you aspire to be an architect for growth. Welcome and enjoy this episode. Hey there, welcome to The Markitect, a podcast series where leadership and product marketing meet. Today, we're gonna cover how to build, manage, and measure the marketing team with purpose top of mind. For this episode, my guest co-host is the lovely, lovely Kate Bullis, co-founder and managing partner of Seba International. Beyond placing the who's who of sales and marketing executives, I truly believe, I, I really believe this, she is the Sherpa for marketing leaders as we ascend to the pinnacle of our own Mount Everest aspirations. Welcome, Kate. Wow. Robert, what am I going to say to this? Uh, <laughs> Rowan, what a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's an honor. I'm so um, I'm grateful to be a part of the product marketing community um, and uh, involved as an advisor. I, I'm, I, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kate, as always. And now it's my pleasure to introduce you to Robert Chatwani, Chief Marketing Officer for Atlassian, a values-driven company that was recently named to Fortune's Top 100 Places to Work, and for good reason. And you're going to hear some of those reasons uh, shortly. Welcome, Robert. Uh, thank you, Rowan. And Kate, great to see you again. Uh, really nice to be here. So before we get to the nitty-gritty, Indulge me for a second. I have two questions that I'd like each of you to complete, starting with Robert. Ready? Sure. I am in marketing because... Ah, um, well, I'm in marketing because uh, marketing is a field at the intersection of uh, art, science, and psychology. And we are the vehicle, marketers are the vehicle through which we deliver meaning to customers. Um, And to me, to be in a role that delivers meaning... Uh, that brings me joy. So that's why I'm in marketing. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. And now I'll have both of you complete the sentence. Kate, let's start with you. My definition of leadership is? Uh, my definition of leadership is um, leaders are the vision, the inspiration, and the activation. Wow. Um, so, so first there's vision, then there is the imbil- ability to inspire across that vision and then to uh, translate inspiration into activation. That's leadership to me. Love it. Robert? Not too different. Uh, a set of behaviors, things, you know, how we show up as individuals, leaders, um, guide teams to achieve great outcomes and to do it in a sustainable way that's self-renewing. Um, 
I'm biased a bit towards the team's side of leadership uh, coming from Atlassian, um, but I think leaders play a really important role in helping to get um, the best out of other people. Thank you both. And so now let's get to the nitty gritty, building, managing, and measuring teams, especially during this transformational year that we've had. Um, Kate, why don't we start with you from a question perspective? Sure. Knowing what our topic is today, Robert, I I was hoping that we could at least start just with you and then move into how you build, manage, and measure. Um, So would you talk to us a little bit about your own career, Uh, how you started at McKinsey Consulting, moved into what many would see as a B2C career at eBay, and then ultimately CMO of Atlassian, a decidedly B2B company. How does this career um, feed uh, your your current role as CMO at, at Atlassian today? Well, first of all, Kate, let me say, you know, when I hear you describe it that way, it just sounds so thoughtfully planned. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. My journey, my journey has been, uh, a lot of it's been figuring it out as we go. You know, I often tell people that some of the best careers are discovered uh, not not planned. Um, uh, so I appreciate that that synopsis. Um, but as you said, you know there is a lot that I've learned along the way, and, and you bring that with you. Um, so when I started in consulting, you know I would say the two things that I really took away from that experience was one, just general problem solving, right? You can have tools in my toolkit around problem solving and communication. Um, but the second thing was empathy. Some of the best consultants that I work with, you could tell they truly cared about the impact that they were having and they were tuned into the client's problems. And, you know, that you you may not call empathy a skill, but observing that allowed me to absorb and really internalize um, this idea of aligning the work that you do with things that you really, really care about. Um, And I brought that um, to to, uh, when I started my own company and then ultimately where I spent over a decade at eBay. And at eBay, what I fell in love with was being part of a company, one that was operating at scale. I had the privilege of joining eBay when it was a billion dollars. And I think eventually, you know, over the, over the decade plus, it grew to 15 billion plus. And so being in an environment where you're able to see scale, I think, is really powerful for marketers. Um, but beside, beside that, it was um, purpose and values. Um, eBay had this incredible mission of creating a global economic democracy And what I realized is I love that mission so much that what I did sort of mattered less than why I did it. I had seven or eight different roles in the company, and um, it almost didn't matter what I was working on because I was so excited and enthusiastic about the company's mission. Um, And that's a big part of what drew me to Atlassian is this idea of aligning your personal values and your beliefs with the organization um, that you're a part of. There's a lot of smart people in the world, and many of us have, you know, the good fortune of having choice of where we spend our time and where we have an impact. But I found when that alignment is really strong, it just unleashes this incredible personal energy. Uh, love it, Robert. And so, problem solving, empathy, driving scale, uh, driving purpose by democratizing. Uh, yeah. the, the, the just from an eBay perspective. And then again, at B2B, you're aligning your personal values with that of the organization and their mission for the world. Uh, this, you know, 
from a strategy perspective, all that uh, is required as you're helping drive the strategy of, of Atlassian. And for me, strategy for an organization boils down to two value drivers. It's customer satisfaction and employee satisfaction. You have a hand in both as a CMO of Atlassian, but let's focus just for this episode on employee satisfaction. Uh, the past year, it's challenged all of us to compare the world we live in versus the world we want to live in. Mm-hmm. And your recent, brilliant, by the way, return on action report, it reveals multiple areas of disconnect between employees and employers. As such, employee churn across the board, it's on the rise, unfortunately. So as the leader of the marketing team, what are you doing to retain your team and ensure their satisfaction? And I can only imagine it starts with empathy, as you mentioned. Yeah, well, Rowan, I'm glad you mentioned um, that return on action report. Um, You're absolutely right about this past year. I mean, I think every one of us, every organization that we're part of, um, we have our own stories of what we've gone through. Um, and you know, the way, the way I think about it is sort of exactly this. Our work lives and our personal lives are no longer two different lives, right? We're living in a much more integrated way. All of those lines have blurred. Um, and we all choose to trade our time for something. Money, significance, you know, opportunity for impact. Um, but regardless, I think we all seek for it, um, the work we do to be meaningful. And, and this is at the heart of it. And this is how I think about this. And so, you know, delivering on the business, the outcomes, the results, our goals, that's table stakes, right? That is what we are all expected to do within our careers. And so within our marketing organization, we've really stepped back and looked at what are the ways in which we can continue to ensure that we're creating opportunities for work to be meaningful. Um, so some examples, uh, we launched a, a marketing rotation program where marketers in our organization um, who are selected for the program get to spend six months across three different roles uh, at different teams in the organization. So in an 18-month period, you're really building these strong, well-rounded marketers, and they get different kinds of exposure, and they get to reinvent themselves a bit. Um, Another example is we've introduced a much more flexible work model called Team Anywhere to really allow individuals to engineer their work lives um, in a way that best suits them. Um, we have volunteering goals, just like we have KRs, OKRs, and KRs for the company. We've set targets for um, volunteering. 80% um, of uh, the marketers at Atlassian, uh, we want to participate in some form of volunteering each, each fiscal year. We have bold diversity and inclusion goals, and we, we share that with a lot of transparency. So you know, these are just some examples where uh, we want to make available things that individuals, beyond just the work that they do, they do um, find exciting and meaningful. And you know, here's the thing. Yeah, I recently spoke to somebody on the team who said to me, "Hey, you know, I don't really participate in a lot of these programs. Of course, they're optional." But he said, "I'm really proud to work for a company that makes these opportunities available." And so it's really around how do you show up as a team? How do you show up as a leader? How do we show up as an organization um, to build an environment where work truly is meaningful? And I think these are just some examples and every company will have their own their own approach. Some of those examples are terrific. I mean, I think more and more we're seeing companies, uh, you know, talk about things like um, opportunities to volunteer, uh, opportunities to feel like the work itself has meaning. 
Uh, but I really loved what you said, Robert, about um, the, that rotation program yeah. and giving yeah. your, your team members an opportunity to, to gain exposure to different kinds of marketing. This goes right back to the very idea of um, uh, growing one's career, um, as uh, Sheryl Sandberg once said, as a jungle gym instead of as a ladder. Yeah. In marketing, I could not agree more. That is where the big value is going to be. Ultimately, to get that CMO ring, the more exposure a marketer has side to side in the different functions of marketing, the better. Um, So that's fantastic. Um, But we're talking a lot about meaning and we're talking a lot about um, uh, what it it is to, to have meaningful work. But can we just go back to the purpose uh, part specifically, Robert? Um, Sure. When you think about Atlassian's purpose, um, purpose, being a purpose-driven company, why is that important? Why is having purpose important, especially as it relates to, as Rowan said, why, why is it important to the employees? Yeah. Well, I, I always, uh, there's a great Peter Drucker quote that I, I always, you know, go back to because it's a good reminder. The perp, you know, he, Peter Drucker said once, the purpose of a company is to create a customer. So let's check that box, right? Which is let's make sure we have great products that customers love. Right. That, that's table stakes. Right. But you think beyond that and you said, okay, great. We're delivering great products. Our customers are happy. At the heart of purpose, you know, is this question of why, right? Why do we exist? Mm-hmm. Um Beyond what is it that we do, um, both as individuals, why do we do what we do? And as the organizations that we're a part of, why do we choose to do what we do? And you can define it different ways, but I often say when you're working in purpose and you feel purposeful, there's just a certain energy and inspiration that exists, right? This sort of multiplier effect that you feel and your teams feel. Um, And for Atlassian, you know, we exist to unleash the potential of teams. We're a teamwork company. And we get to hear stories back from, uh, you know, health sciences and and life sciences companies, from individuals who are working on space travel and teams that are building, you know, rocket ships to autonomous vehicles to nonprofit organizations. And sometimes you need, and as marketers, I think we play an important role here, is to remind yourselves and remind your organization around the impact that we are having and that our teams are having. And what I find is storytelling plays a really powerful role in reminding us of the why. Um, And when I speak to individuals and team members and even myself as to why are we at Atlassian, I'm reminded that um, our work matters and we're having a real impact on customers whose careers and whose um, livelihoods and frankly, whose work Um, And missions themselves depend on the work that we do. And to me, this idea of that fueling our passion and our energy to, you know, work even harder and do even more um, is just incredibly powerful. And, you know, again, it means different things to different people. And I think as each of us, we all have the right to decide whether our personal purpose and personal values aligns with the purpose of the organization that we're a part of. That's a very um, personal journey. Um, But I can also say that if that is out of alignment for however each of us defines it, it's a very difficult place to operate for a long period of time, Um, especially for marketers, right? Um, And so the conversations around purpose, connecting through stories, and then reminding ourselves around the impact that we're having 
as leaders, I think this is an incredibly important thing that we do, you know, each and every week, month, quarter, anytime we're communicating with our employees. And I think, um, you know, the, one, one really important and kind of elephant in the room topic um, is this idea that CMOs and, and marketers in general seem to have a shorter shelf life um, than their peers um, in, in other functions. And I think you're bringing up a, a really amazing point, Robert, when you talk about the power of the of the personal purpose and the personal values mm-hmm. alongside those of the company. If that's out of whack, yeah, what are the chances that you're not long for that company? Right. Yeah. Right. So we talk a lot about lack of alignment between CMOs and CEOs or CMOs and heads of revenue and product, and we blame that for a large reason for CMOs tending to churn. But I think you make an excellent point about the importance of alignment in value and purpose as a as a long-term driver for, for long-term success. And, and you should know, Robert, you're going on four and a half years? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's a that's an easily double industry standard. That um, blows me away. <laughs> but yes, I think. It should blow you away, uh, but it. But it, I hope that in the not too distant future, it won't. Um, yeah. That's another. I think that's another podcast. But I. I, I just with this. There's so much to unpack on on that. But if we can just go to the subject now, Robert of um, of Atlassian's moment in time when you joined Atlassian, mm-hmm. the company was very much a poster child for what we now today call product market, uh, product led growth. I should say PLG. Mm. Um, very, very uh, driven toward, you know, we are a non-sales culture, we're not enterprise. That's changed over time, hasn't it, Robert? And I'd love to hear how it's not just product-led growth anymore at Atlassian. And Mm -hmm. how has that impacted how you manage and lead the marketing department? Great question. And Robert, sorry to uh, interject. But if you can also share with our audience your definition of product-led growth, because uh, depending on who you ask, uh, yeah. you know, you, you'll get a different response. How do, how do you, how does Atlassian define PLG? Sure. Well, you know, look, you heard me say earlier that it starts by building great products that customers love. And so start there. You know, it, it, now to the extent that growth can be designed into the experience itself, which Atlassian has done very early on with our land and expand model, right. even more powerful. What I would say is, you know, if there's one thing we think about each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, which is what are the points of friction? Where can we actually remove the dependency for anyone who wants to use our products um, to have to speak to anybody? Not because we don't want to speak to customers, but because we want to make that as frictionless and easy as possible. And, you know, if you audit a customer journey, you'll find lots of friction in most companies. Learning about the product, um, uh, looking at pricing, understanding licensing, going through the sign-up process, going through activation. And we have a large portfolio of products that we are maniacal about getting out of the way. And so, you know, simple examples is um, all of our prices are published. We don't negotiate. Everyone pays the same price for our products. Um, we make sign-up self-serve for every single product that we have in the portfolio. Um, example after example, uh, you want to download some great content? Great. We're not going to ask you for your email address because why do you need that step, right? You, you just want to get to the content. 
And so where we are today is even as Atlassian has scaled the billions of dollars in revenue, 90%, um, 92% to be exact, of customers never speak to anybody at Atlassian. Now, the thing is that a growing percentage of our revenue, that's customer count, a growing percentage of our revenue is represented by large companies with thousands of employees. And so the balance between um, enterprise sales channel-led sales, and self-service. We're really thinking about it in an integrated way. Right. But at the heart of it, we still think about removing as much friction as possible as sort of the go-to-market motion. And so to answer your question, Kate, over the last several years, really thinking about agnostic, uh, the touch point, how do we look at our customer as a single customer and then give them the best possible experience based on what we believe their needs are? And we spend a lot of time in that intelligence and data science and targeting technology to help make sure we we deliver a great experience for customers. Regardless of whether it's an enterprise approach or a channel, or as you say, completely self-served, you start at the end and you work your way in. You, you don't worry so much about how to label, you worry more about what is the experience that that customer is having? How do we make sure the experience is phenomenal? And as you say, friction. That, that's right. And so if we see and recognize a Fortune 500 company using one of our free products, coming back to potentially consider purchasing the experience that they would get, we want to be very different than maybe a company that um, is an SMB or a small business. And that's no different than how an Amazon or a Stitch, Flick, Stitch Fix or a Netflix thinks about their experience. And so for us, the lines between what was historically enterprise and B2B and consumer are disappearing really, really fast. And that's a big part of my focus is to say, at the end of the day, there's a human being on the other side of this, right? It's an individual. How do we serve them with the best experience possible? I love that. And so in PLG with the end user serving as the hero, so you're building products that these end users absolutely love. And then along the way, you're chipping away at all the friction that this individual has with your product so that they can use it more and use more of your portfolio of solutions. What, what role does, I mean, th this is scaring some marketers. So is there a role for marketing anymore? And if so, what role specifically does product marketing play in yeah. a PLG-oriented um, go-to-market motion? Well, you know, in, in our organization at Alassian, you know, we have give or take roughly 20 sub teams within, within, our, within our org. And um, of those, product marketing is the single largest function. Um, it's multifaceted, but at the heart of it, the product marketing team sits right between product management and our broader go-to-market organization. And so their role is to help fuel and drive growth by conveying the value proposition of our products to our customers. And with a portfolio, we now also have this remarkable cross-sell opportunity to take existing customers and introduce them to other products in our portfolio. And um, that's no easy task, but uh, you know, the, at the real center of that is to really think about, doesn't matter what touch point we're interacting at. We are uh, at an event. We are on a third-party website. We are on Atlassian.com. You're in the product. Across all of those touch points, how do we deliver a consistent message that's modified and customized to the format um, uh, that you're interacting in? So, for example, if you're in product, that message shouldn't sound like a marketing message, right? 
it should sound effectively as a way for us to introduce you to some value creation opportunity. Hey, we're seeing you exercising a particular behavior. Um, how about a free trial for a product that helps you solve exactly that problem? And if you're not interested, no problem. We're going to get out of your way. And how we think about interacting with not just the end user, but the technical admin, the decision maker or the buyer or procurement or the C-level leader that may be managing that team, understanding their roles and how the product marketing team um, nudges or provides the right type of value at different points of interaction, turns out to be like this really hard problem. Um, and product marketers are the ones on the front lines of that challenge and they're best positioned to understand how to do that well. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, p- putting product marketing at the front line is is maybe an, just another way of saying, I always say product marketing is the very foundation yeah. of all of, of marketing. Um, yeah. Because all of positioning and messaging comes from product marketing. All things flow from mm-hmm. there. Um, it, it, if you're looking for the answer, go back to the original idea of what was what is our message? What is our, you know, what what is our position in this market? What what is our value? Um, we can figure everything out from there, provided that we have that down pat. And that's 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 product marketing. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. and like you say, it it we we say it like it's so simple, but the reality is measuring this, not just managing it, but measuring this stuff is really hard. Um Maybe the, one of our last questions, Rowan, can be around um, around measuring. Not just how do you ensure that your teams are truly clear on what their roles and responsibilities are to the greater you know uh, uh, company goal, but more specifically, Robert, how do you ensure that your peers outside of marketing, the stakeholders outside of marketing, are viewing marketing as the fuel of growth, as we say, the marketers. How do we ensure that marketing isn't just viewed as a cost center? It, 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 how do we ensure that measurement is aligned, of success is aligned across you and all your peers? Yeah, this is an important question for marketers. I often say marketers are the chief choreographer for the company. You may not control every touch point, but you certainly need to influence it. And so, Kate, as you mentioned, um, bringing our partners along on that journey and having those deep relationships are, are critical for success. And so, you know, myself and my teams at Atlassian, we spend a lot of time with our CIO and with our R&D teams and the tech and the marketing that uh, yeah, foundations that we need to support our growth. Um, we spend time with our uh, uh, chief experience officer to really think about that full customer journey. Certainly with our CFO and our FP&A team, um, and validating and measuring the ROI of all of the marketing spend that we have. Um, one of the, another example of alignment there and connectedness, uh, I spent a lot of time with our general counsel and our privacy counsel, maybe something that, you know, wasn't so typical five years ago, um, because of so much change in the sort of regulatory environment and the need to, uh, maintain, uh, data and security and privacy with our customers. And so marketing never acts independently. It is always interdependent with these functions and others that I mentioned in order to deliver that great, um, Outcome and the reality is, um, we are the stewards of the customer experience and how they experience our brands. Yeah. And the bar gets higher and higher every single, you know, call it year, right? But it's continuously changing as customer expectations rise. So you're never done. It's also, I think, one of the things that makes this job and marketing so much fun. 
And so before we conclude, staying on the theme of, of measuring here, we are what we, we measure. Uh-huh. How are you measuring the marketing team as a whole at Atlassian? What does that dashboard look like? And then specifically, if you can give us a couple of points as to how you're measuring product marketing, that would be wonderful, Robert. Oh, sure. Well, uh, we love to measure everything <laughs> as marketers, don't we? Especially these days. Um, and, and I think there's a balance between uh, making sure that as we measure, we're also thinking about the bigger picture in mind that we're achieving the right the right customer outcomes. Um, so you don't optimize yourself into a corner. But you know, I'll, I'll actually I'll zone in the, on the product marketing measurement question first. Um, we use sort of a balanced scorecard approach at Atlassian for the product marketers. Um, first and foremost is you know are we driving growth, monthly active users, uh, revenue, uh, retention, sort of those core growth metrics. Um, secondly, are the customers happy? So we have a portfolio of metrics around customer satisfaction or CSAT. Um, some companies use an NPS type measure. We have a HATS survey, happiness tracking survey that we use uh, for our products and our customers. Um, so first and foremost, driving growth. Secondly, do we have happy customers? Third, every product marketer needs to keep this in mind. Um, are we gaining market share? You know, Are we competing effectively? Are we playing competitive offense? Um, and then last, and arguably the hardest to measure, is are we inspiring our customers? Um, do we have the right brand awareness? Do we have the right integrated marketing campaigns that are going out? Um, do we have enough storytelling happening to, to have that inspiration happen? Um, so those are sort of the four categories. That, and we're always you know, tuning our metrics, but that's sort of the scorecard that we use for product marketing. Brilliant. Thank you, Robert. And two last questions. And we'll wrap this up. If you had a rally cry for your marketing team right now, especially as we come out of this pandemic and folks are embracing this new normal of how buyers and sellers interact, what would that be? You know, as we emerge as sort of out of this crisis and out of the pandemic, I think it's a critical moment around how do you harness and tap the power and energy and talent on your teams um, to build for a new future. And, you know, there's two things that are part of my rally cry. One is make bold investments. You know, take your your biggest ideas and dream one size bigger, right? And for us, that's around our self-serve funnel and our enterprise sales motion. Like, what would that look like at 3x, 5x the scale and size we're at right now? Dream one size bigger. And then the second thing is really reframe our customer engagement strategy. Think about new event formats investing more in our digital community? How do we really engage customers where they are? Um, so those are those are two big parts of my rallying cry. Make bold investments um, and rethink and reinvent customer engagement. Okay, you're, you're amongst CMOs daily. Uh, what are you hearing from them? What are they saying to their teams? Um, I think I'll, I'll speak specifically about what I'm seeing in B2B. Um, I think that um, the last... 10 years has just been a constant evolution toward the ultimate state of marketing. And what I mean by that is 10 years ago in enterprise technology, marketing was nowhere near as valuable and valued as it is today. And that march continues. And things like COVID have only acted as a catalyst to that fact. Um, so I, I would say the, the, the 
bonds, uh, the, the incoming of digitization, consumerization, and even things like the pandemic have all acted as catalysts toward marketing's value to the business every day. It is scary and awesome at the same time because never has marketing been so responsible, so critical for a company's success. Um, and so my rallying cry, I, I, I think many CMOs are saying, seize the day. This is our time. Never has marketing been in this position and it's only going to get better. Thank you. And that, you know, so seize digitization and don't be scared of it. I, I love that. It dovetails nicely with what uh, Robert's second rally cry is, which is reframe how we're engaging uh, with our customers. And I love his first one, which is dream one size bigger. I'm going to conclude with a final fill in the blank. Kate, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Robert. Product marketers can be architects growth for their company if they if they recognize and remember always their fundamental position in the in marketing's value to the overall corporation it is product marketing is the foundation of all of marketing um, and all of positioning um, all things flow from product marketing and so if, if you lose sight of how critical and fundamental your role is, you, 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 you're, not a, you're not serving your function um, and you're not serving yourself. Brilliant. Robert? Love that. Um, you know, I, product marketers can be architects of their own growth and the company's growth. I think if, you, if they take what you're learning from customers, um, what you are learning from competition and combining that with what intrinsically you know as a product marketer, your instincts. You combine all of that. And that last piece is really, really important. But you combine all of those things in order to directly influence the product roadmap. You know, deliver today, deliver the present, but create that future. And that future piece around driving and helping to shape that uh, roadmap agenda, I think is critical. And I just second, third, and fourth that. I, I, that was uh, that was so beautifully said. I, I could I, I just I think that oftentimes product marketers feel like they're the afterthought, right? Um, and in fact, it should be just the opposite. I encourage all the CEOs that I work with, all the marketers I work with, um, to to embrace the power of the market. The market should be influencing the roadmap of the product and who represents the market, but the marketing team. Um, and so we've got to get that voice of the market, not just the voice of the customer, but the voice of the market. Let's listen to what the market is saying and make the market if necessary. Let the marketers do that and then bring that insight into the organization to influence the future of the product itself. Brilliant. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Robert. Building, managing, measuring with purpose. It, it's, it's, it's very much table stakes for today's leaders. So thank you for sharing your insights to both of you. It was an honor to have you both on this podcast and uh, do keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely love it. Rowan, Kate, thank you. Like I said, you know, is this work? Does this feel like work? It doesn't feel like work. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure. 
Uh, Rowan, thank you very much for uh, the opportunity uh, and of course to Kate as well. That's the show. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to visit productmarketingcommunity.co to subscribe and get more information on how you too can become a architect at your organization.